In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. I don't care how you feel. And I think God would say, hey, dude, have the grit, have the guts, work through what you feel because your feelings are liars. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we We salute salute you. you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Equipping Men in 10. I'm Jim Ramos, and I'm here with our co-host, Dale Culver. How you doing, man? Doing awesome. Hey man, uh, what we're going to do today is we're just going to jump right into the meat of this podcast. Our time is limited. So we've been doing a four-week series on Arena Man Answers, answering your questions about manhood. Again, guys, feel free to email us anytime at email at meninarena.org if you have any questions. And we want to do this several times a year. We think it's a, a great way to have an equipping episode just to hear from you and to answer questions you may have. And so uh, I want to jump into our uh, questions today, Dale. We've got a couple here, so you want to throw them out at me? Yeah, this is from Ryan Widmere from Peckin, Illinois. And he says, as a man of Christ, how do you bring your wife back to Christ? So again, I'm going to key in on one word. And the word here, Dale, is back to Christ. So when you say back to Christ, I'm assuming that she was once in Christ. So I'm not judging her salvation right now. I'm just saying she was a woman living for Jesus, and now, according to your testimony, she is not. So so what I believe, uh, Ryan, is this, and for any guy who asks this question, because we have a lot of guys that are wrestling with and navigating through a wife who does not share the same level of faith. There's an unequal uh, yokedness between them. And so so my what I believe firmly, Ryan, is this. So I'm going to start with this question. We believe that when a man gets it, everyone wins. So we believe that, that when a man gets it, everyone wins. So when I answer your question, and men, we have to honestly answer this. Let's start with you. How are you modeling your faith to her? How well are you loving her? How are you are you framing her to your buddies and your kids? Where is she broken and where are you loving her through the brokenness? So let's start with that because a lot of times we like to displace our blame on the women when it's really our fault. So you're, you're, if I'm not saying this is you, Ryan, don't take it this way. I'm saying generally, guys, how are you doing? If your wife is struggling spiritually, why? I have several friends who've just checked out of church. They no longer go to church and they're wondering why their kids don't care about Jesus and their wife doesn't care about Jesus. Well, guy. You're not leading your family. You're leading your family poorly. 
You're not, you're not involving them in the things that really matter to their faith, and the local church matters. So I would really recommend this book, man, Reggie Campbell's What Radical Husbands Do. Reggie just passed away about a month and a half ago. Uh, that's an outstanding book. I, th- I also love Donald Minter's book, 31 Days to Paradise. There's a ton of books out there, guys. Those are just some simple ones that address what I just addressed uh, here. And I would say, here's how you do it if you want to win your wife back to Christ. You're playing long ball. You're not going to win some argument with her. You, you're going to play long ball here. So I want to read you a verse. You've heard it 100 times, Ephesians 5.25 through Ephesians 5.28. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And here's how he did it. Gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the, here we go, washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. So that's what I would say, guys. We are playing long ball with our wives. We need to love her as Christ loved the church. In other words, we need to give ourselves up for her. How do you outlove and outserve your wife? We need to make her holy by cleansing her with the water through the washing of the word. So are you sharing scripture? Are you sharing your life of Christ in Christ with her? Are you sharing spiritual things with her? And, and I would say lastly, guys, man, if your wife isn't where you are, and even if she is, pray for that woman all the time. Lift her up in prayer, love her like Jesus loved her, and just never, never stop loving her. So that's my answer there. I hope that, anything you want to add there, Dale? Uh, I think you nailed it on the head. All right. Love her. I mean, it's, you know, we want it, we're men and we want to fix something now, but you can't fix that. I mean, you, you can, but it's just a time thing and only God can do it. You're not going to convince her. No, you you're, don't her. try to, the worst thing you can do is try to win an argument with her. That's, that's exactly how you get her to not want to come back to mm-hmm. Jesus. <laughs> exactly. Tell her, you're not living for Jesus. You need to come back to Jesus. <laughs> you're going to oh, burn, she's gonna baby. Love you. <laughs> next. All right. So this next one is from Tim Atwood from McMinnville, Oregon. All right. All right. How do you set an example of strength even when you we feel weak? So I like to key in on words, if you haven't noticed. The key word here, Tim, is the word feel, okay? So let's go back to Jesus the night before he was crucified. He's in a room with 12 men. One is getting ready to betray him. One is getting ready to deny him. He knows this. He's <laughs> already predicted it. He's in a room with these guys, and he also knows he's going to die. So he's going to die. He's going to be betrayed. He's going to be denied. He washes the feet of all of these guys. So I'm assuming we know Jesus was not feeling too great because a few hours later, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane praying for God to take it away. So we know he's not feeling too awesome, but he gets down on his knees. He washes the feet. Now, these guys didn't wear socks and tennies. They were wearing stinky Birkenstocks and flip-flops and whatever. He washes their feet, and as soon as he washes their feet, Judas leaves. So he washes the feet of his enemy. And then he says this in John 13, 15, I have given you an example to follow. So here's what I want to say to all of you men out there who want to know how do they deal with their feelings when they feel weak versus strong. I don't care how you feel. (laughs) I know that sounds really lame. I don't care how you feel. And I think God would say, hey, dude, have the grit, have the guts, Work through what you feel because your feelings are liars. I would say this. If you are an arena man and you're out of the bleachers, you're in the arena, 
And if you truly are in the stress bubble, you are going to feel <laughs> tired mm-hmm. and weak for 20 years. <laughs> I, I hate to say it. It sounds like bad news. But part of being in the bubble is feeling weak. Think about swinging that sword. How many times can you swing a sword before your delts start hurting? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You will feel weak, and it doesn't matter. Swing the sword anyway. Wash the feet anyway. Love your wife anyway. I heard a guy say this one time. I love this quote. Winners do it first and feel good about it after. Whiners want to feel good before they do it. Now, I've been a whiner, and I've been a winner. And all I want to say is I don't really care and I, that sounds harsh. I don't care how a man feels because as a man, a man gets up and does it anyway. A male succumbs to his feelings. So I would say to Tim and all you guys out there, man, that's a great question because we will feel weak. We should feel weak. If we didn't feel weak, Paul would have never written to the church of Galatians, Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. So, Tim, I hope that helps answer your question, guy. Guys, keep in the game. Keep swinging. Don't throw in the towel. Use it to wipe the puke off your mouth, the blood off your nose, the sweat off your brows, the tears off your eyes, and keep going. All right. Sorry about the little sermon. I get a little fired up. I hate quitting. I can't stand quitting. I, he, Tim's not saying he's quitting here. I'm just saying when I hear that, I'm I, I just would just you know we need to keep going and not succumb to our feelings. That's all I'm saying. Go get them, Tim. Here's our next question from Carl McEver from Omaha, Nebraska. <clears throat> Do men have to be physically fit and love sports to be considered masculine? Hey, that's a great question, Carl. And I, let me start with this: God has made men visual. We are visual. When it comes to women, that oftentimes can be a massive temptation for us. But when it comes to other men, men will visually key on a man, and they will make a snap judgment based on what they see. I'm a big, uh, muscular, athletic football player. I had a guy tell me in Vermont I look like uh, Goldberg the wrestler. When I walk in a room, I just look big and intimidating, and people just kind of walk in. When I walk in a room, people go, hey, the guys go, how you doing? Like, I get instant respect. Instant because of how I look, but it lasts about five minutes, and then men judge me based on how I act. And so, do I think that having this uh, visual appearance of being physically fit, loving sports, and all that is masculine? No, I think it's the appearance of masculinity. I believe there are five misconceptions about manhood, and let me tell you what they are. One, I'm anatomically a man. In other words, I can pee standing up and write my name in the snow. In cursive, you know, if I run fast enough. You know, just because you have the anatomy that makes you a man does not mean you're a man, right? That's not manhood. That is that is form. You have the form of a man, but function, manhood is a function more than a form. Manhood is utilitarian. Number two, <clears throat> I'm old enough to be a man. <laughs> hey, just because you reach a certain age, 13, 16, 18, 21, does not make you a man. It's how you respond to those things that make you a man. Just like the misconception three is I'm legally a man. Hey, just because you're 21 and you can fight for your country does not make you a man. I've shared this statistic over and over again. Navy SEALs, I think, are the most incredible warriors on the planet. I mean, these guys are they're, they're fight like they're, they're they're warriors, but they divorce at the rate of ninety to ninety five percent, depending on peace and wartime. 
So I wonder what their wives would say about their manhood. So it's not your age or what you can do that makes you a man. It's how you respond to these things that make you a man. Number four, I'm financially a man. I don't know if you know this, Dale, but a six foot four left-handed pitcher who's got a huge long arm, that kid at 20 years old can be a multimillionaire because he's got... They use a mathematic equation now in baseball to find pitchers. They can, by your stride and your arm arm length, different things. So he can be a multimillionaire. I sat on a plane uh, with an NFL quarterback who was a Heisman Trophy winner the other day. He was right in front of me. He's 23 years old. No, maybe he's 25 now. Does that, is he a man? Because he can throw a football far? That's, That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And then the last thing is, the last misconception about manhood is I'm I'm a manly man's man. So just because you look like a man and you're manly and you can bench press a lot and you wear a plaid shirt and you swing an axe or something does not make you a man. You know, a man, let me tell you this, a man is as a man does. You can be a poet and be a man, a lumberjack and be a man. You can drive a Prius and be a man. You can drive a lifted four-wheel drive truck and be a man. You can love little kitty cats and be a man, or or own a Chihuahua and be a man. Barely, no, I'm just kidding. You know, there are, you could be a you could be a computer geek and be a man. You can be a, a a fitness instructor and be a man. There are so many. You can you can be an athlete and be a man. You could be a a musician and be a man. I don't I, I don't know. There's you could be all these. A man is as a man does. I know men who are round. I know men who are skinny. I know men who are shaped like a V. I know men who are shaped like an A. I know all sorts of shapes. I know men who are black. I know men who are brown. I know men who are yellow. I know men who are red. I know men who are white. I know all sorts of, you know, it's not how you look that makes you a man. It's how you appear. So I hope that answers your question. Guys, if you have any questions on what a man is, go get my book, The Man Card, Five Characteristics Separating Men from Boys. It's a cheap book. Pick it up on Amazon. Go to our website and get it, and I think it'll really, really help you. Hey, I think we're out of time, guys, and so we will uh, hit you up next week with the last installment of our Arena Man Answers, and I want to encourage you guys to head on over to our website at meninarena.org. Grab your free electronic version of my bathroom book for men, and when you do that, we'll add you to our weekly equipping blast just for you guys because you are MVPs. It's designed to help you become your best version. Head on over to our Facebook forum. Get involved in the forum if you haven't done so already, guys. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Act like you talk. Grind it out and... Be a man. Equipping men in 10 from Men in the Arena. If you hunger to be your best version, join us with thousands of men from around the world in one of our Men in the Arena forums. Join the forums on either Facebook or on the website at meninthearena.org. While you're on our website, remember to pick up your free electronic version of Jim's bathroom book for men, The Field Guide. Thank you for listening to this episode of Equipping Men in 10 from Men in the Arena. Remember, when a man gets it, everyone wins. 
What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men's from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.